This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, July 18th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, questioning the right to pain relief and its role in the opioid epidemic, is in Mayo Clinic Proceedings. The Harrison Act of 1914 helped establish opioids as specific painkillers that had a distinct capacity to induce addiction. This understanding of opioids as having distinct, inseparable analgesic and addictive potential was challenged in the 1970s by the discovery of an endogenous opioid system, which integrates pain and reward functions to support survival. To prevent future opioid epidemics, the authors advocate for the abandonment of clinical outpatient use of pain intensity scores and for the redefinition of the medical necessity of pain treatment to be less about the reduction of pain intensity and more about the capacity to pursue personally valued activities. Next is a study in JAMA Psychiatry titled Association Between Stimulant Treatment and Substance Use Through Adolescence into Early Adulthood. In this cohort study, stimulant treatment for children aged 7 through 9 with combined ADHD and the potential for substance use later in life was investigated. Using the multimodal treatment study of ADHD, a randomized clinical trial of 14 months of treatment, which included medication and behavioral therapy, then segued into a longitudinal observational study. No evidence was found for increased alcohol, marijuana, cigarette smoking, or other substance use in those with prior stimulant treatment. A new study in the Journal of Addiction Medicine is titled Trends in Cannabis-Positive Urine Toxicology Test Results. This study found that the annual prevalence of cannabis-positive urine increased about 70% from 2008 to 2019. Of the close to 1,300,000 patients who visited an emergency department and received a urine drug screening, 21% tested positive for cannabis. Use was highest among those aged 18 through 34. By the end of the study period, this group had the highest increase in use at nearly 43%. Next, we have a study in translational psychiatry titled The Novel Uncompetitive NMDA Receptor Antagonist Esmethadone Has No Meaningful Abuse Potential in Recreational Drug Users. Esmethadone, or REL1017, is the opioid inactive dextroisomer of methadone and a low-affinity, low-potency, uncompetitive NMDA receptor antagonist. Two studies were conducted to evaluate the abuse potential of S-methadone. Each study utilized a randomized, double-blind, active, and placebo-controlled crossover design to assess S-methadone compared with oxycodone, or ketamine, in healthy recreational drug users. In both studies, all doses of S-methadone were statistically equivalent to placebo. In the ketamine study, drug liking scores for S-methadone at all tested doses were significantly lower. These studies indicate no meaningful abuse potential for S-methadone at all tested doses. A new article in The Lancet Public Health is titled Mortality Among Individuals Prescribed Opioid Agonist Therapy in Scotland, United Kingdom, 2011 to 2020. This study used information from Scotland's national databases to calculate drug-related death rates for individuals with opioid use disorder. Individuals not prescribed opioid agonist therapy had drug-related death rates more than three times that of individuals on opioid agonist therapy while the overall drug-related death rates more than tripled over the study period. 
The next article in NPJ Vaccines is titled A Lipidated TLR78 Adjuvant Enhances the Efficacy of a Vaccine Against Fentanyl in Mice. In this study, the authors evaluate a vaccine against a fentanyl-based haptin F1 conjugated to diphtheria cross-reactive material, or F1-CRM, in combination with pattern recognition receptor to assess if they may confer improved immunity over F1-CRM alone. The study found that F1-CRM in combination with TLR78 did significantly increase F1-specific antibodies and reduce drug distribution of fentanyl in the brains of mice. Additional studies are needed, but INI-4001 may serve as a novel therapy to reduce fentanyl overdose deaths. Our next article, titled Pharmacological GHSR Blockade Reduces Alcohol Binge-Like Drinking in Male and Female Mice is in neuropharmacology. In this study, the authors evaluate six ghrelin receptor antagonists and an anti-ghrelin vaccine and a mouse binge-drinking model. In the mouse model, five of the GHSR antagonists decreased alcohol binge-like drinking when given systematically. One of the antagonists did not decrease drinking when given systematically, but did decrease binge-like drinking when given centrally. The authors note that this study further supports the role of the ghrelin system in alcohol use and is a potential treatment target for alcohol use disorder. Our final article, titled Fentanyl-Associated Overdose Deaths Outside the Hospital, is in the New England Journal of Medicine. This study used drug overdose death data from the National Center for Health Statistics between 2016 and 2021 to compare the period before the COVID pandemic to the early years of the pandemic. Between 2016 and 2021, the authors found a 282% increase in drug overdose deaths. This increase was primarily the result of fentanyl deaths that occurred out of hospital. The percentage of deaths that were out of hospital was 83% for fentanyl, 76% for other opioids, and 68% for non-opioid deaths. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ACM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.